Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Pasha. My name is Nando Begumjali. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, we talk about how gatherings during this year's Ramadan and Eid may have led to and caused an increase in COVID-related deaths within the South African Muslim community. Ramadan is the month where Muslims fast from sunrise to sunset. The first Eid is the celebration day after the month, and it's the first of two Eids in the year. The second Eid is the Eid of Sacrifice, and is done when many Muslims take part in the pilgrimage. This podcast is based on research done by academics that was published in the South African Medical Journal. Muslims make up around 2% of South Africa's population, but account for 5% of the total COVID deaths so far. Our guest today is one of the scientists behind the research. He is Dr. Salim Parker at the Division of Infectious Diseases and HIV Medicine at the University of Cape Town in South Africa. He starts by explaining why their research linked Ramadan and Eid gatherings with an increase in COVID-related deaths within the South African Muslim community. The research was initiated by the NICD, the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, and under Wasila Jesat, who is the primary author, but there's quite a few other academics involved in this type of research as well. And what was noted was a temporal association between a rise in the deaths of Muslims uh, passing away from COVID-19 compared to the overall number of deaths. And to put it in perspective, this at the end of Ramadan, which is, was on the 13th of May, and Eid, which is on the 14th of May, we noted that just subsequent to that, the number of deaths amongst Muslims increased disproportionately more than the number of deaths in the general population. And to put the figures in, in the context, if we look at the number of Muslims documented, these are known ones who passed away during the month of June, we're looking at about 582 Muslim deaths. These are confirmed ones, documented for COVID-19. If you look at the number of total deaths due to COVID um, in June as well, we're looking at about 4,500 um, in total for that month. Now we know that deaths are underreported. In fact, Medical Research Council came out with a figure that there's probably 200,000 cases underreported in, in South Africa. And one of the factors that we know contributes to a rise in the number of infections happens to be gatherings. Now, the month of Ramadan, especially the last 10 days, is a period when males tend to congregate in mosques, firstly. But the day of Eid is a day of celebration. It's a day of, uh, of families getting together. In other words, it's also a time of gatherings. And just from a temporal relationship, in other words, looking at the time period, the number of uh, Muslims dying seems to coincide just after the Eid period. And ours, we surmised that this occurred because of the gatherings that took place on Eid day and in that particular period. It is important to note that this isn't confined to just one religion. There's quite a few um, that come to mind immediately. If you look at the very first outbreak of uh, COVID-19, uh, this was in, in March of 2020 amongst the Jewish population in New York. It could be narrowed down and actually singled down to one single event which took place at a, a synagogue. And this is also quite well documented. Coming closer to home, just recently, about uh, two months ago in Friedendal, just uh, north of Cape Town, was a gathering of church people and of uh, that, at that particular congregation where there was singing 
and the talks involved. In other words, the the, uh, the facility to spread the virus via the airborne route was there. Nine people died of those who attended that congregation. But we can look at bigger gatherings. I mean, the Kumbela took place in April in India, where about five million people attended. And I just had a look at one period, which was the 10th to the 14th of April. And during that time, 1,700 of the pilgrims tested positive. These are just the ones that, are, uh, of those that were tested. A number of them weren't even tested. Just showing how gatherings spread it. And even amongst the healthcare workers, there were about 750 healthcare workers attending um, to these pilgrims. Of them, about 65 contracted COVID. So it's not confined to one religion. It's confined to any place where gatherings are and where there's closed spaces. Please take us through how Muslims make up 2% of South Africa's population, yet account for 5% of the total COVID deaths so far. So, 580 out of 4,500 deaths is 13%. And if you look at the population of, of Muslims compared to the overall population, we're looking at about 2%. So clearly, 2% of South African um, population happens to be Muslim. But 13% of the deaths happened in June, that happened in June due to COVID-19 occurred amongst Muslims. COVID tends to spread very, uh, uh, very few will spread it to a large number. So we, we call them super spreaders, but also have to take into account that the super spreaders are more likely to spread it at what we call a super spreading event. And this is where people gather. Those people who, uh, who then will then go home and then spread it further. What has complicated it lately, though, is the Delta variant, which we know is more than 65% more infectious than the Beta variant, which we had previously in South Africa in, uh, in December and January of this year. A similar trend was also seen in Indonesia. What makes this gathering so dangerous? Indonesia is a classic example of when this what we call convergence of events. Now, we just go back to Idul Fitr um, of last year, 2020. Indonesia, just after Eid, had a 93% increase in the number of cases and they could uh, uh, track it back to people gathering due to Eid. Um, this is for 2020. In 2021, Idul Fitr, like I mentioned, was about the 14th of, uh, of May. The government put in quite strict regulations so that, that people cannot gather, firstly, people cannot travel, and also um, they made certain that the big, the largest mosque in Jakarta didn't even have Eid Salah. In other words, there wasn't congregations. Uh, but yet, people still went to their villages. You know, in, uh, in a place like Indonesia, there, is a, there are very cultural events that take place there, and it is normal for people working in the cities to go back to their village for the Eid holidays. It's a practice called mudik where it is standard for people in the large cities going back with presents. So even though this practice was supposed to have been barred, it still took place. And unfortunately, in uh, Indonesia in 2021, there was this convergence of firstly people traveling, moving the virus with them. And we know that the virus doesn't fly. It's people who give it wings. 
So people moved from the cities, even though it was supposed to have been banned, and they went back to the cities from their villages. People also congregated in their villages. And thirdly, there was the emergence of the Delta variant, which is much more infectious. And these three factors together has led to Indonesia currently really being the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic. Your research also looked at mortality rates by race in South Africa. By mid-June, almost 3,000 COVID deaths were reported in the Muslim community in South Africa. Many of these were people of Indian Malayan descent. This group also appears to be at the highest risk for COVID death in South Africa. Why is this? You know, uh, we all know of certain risk factors for COVID morbidity and mortality. We know that the older the person is, we know if they're diabetic, we know if they're hypertensive, um, the chances of dying from it is higher. Now, amongst the Indian community, if you compare them to the rest of uh, the South African uh, racial makeup, makeup, and we don't always like doing that, it's just for statistical purposes, we find that they are about 11% more likely to die due to COVID-19. We also find that if we compare just the Indian population with the white population, they are probably 35% higher chance of passing away from COVID-19 compared to the whites. So this is independent of the underlying risk factors that I've mentioned of diabetes and hypertension. We don't actually know why yet. I mean, there is theories about genetic makeup, genetic susceptibilities to coronavirus, but this is not known why it is happening. While there might have been an, a massive increase amongst the number of cases amongst the Muslim or Indian population as such, is that after the second wave, when they, we did zero prevalent studies, in other words, if you look at how many people were exposed to the virus before in the first and second wave, it was found that about 60% of blacks had uh, exposure, prior exposure to, to COVID-19, whilst only about 25% of Indians had prior exposure to uh, COVID-19. Large religious gatherings often end up being super spreader events. Is a concern for upcoming Eid or any other gatherings for that matter? Yeah, I don't want to specifically confine myself to Eid, but to all gatherings in general. But let's use Eid as an example. People are going to try to greet each other. And what we need to be aware of is how it is spread. Uh, COVID-19 is spread by uh, close contact. I mean, I call it the four C's. The first one is closed, confined spaces. So it is people in a poorly ventilated room, Um, staying there for quite a long time. The second C is crowds, lots of people together in this closed confined spaces and can be as small as a family of four going to visit their mother on E-Day, for example. And then it's of course close contact and it is human nature for anyone who hasn't seen someone for a while to go up to them and try to greet them. And even though the intention often is not to embark on such activities. It is just human nature that drives people to do that. And of course, the fourth C is people not covering up, in other words, not wearing a mask, or they feel that it's my mother, um, even though I haven't been in contact with her for two weeks, oh, it's part of my bubble, which it's clearly not. The mask goes off. Here we're talking about close contact, without cover, in a confined space, 
um, and having a long period in doing that. So these are the factors that we want people to be aware of. For Eid, if people, modalities like Zoom can be used to greet. For this Eid, if it is affordable, Muslims must slaughter a sheep, lamb or cow. This can be done by one family member with others viewing from afar or over Zoom. Another way of doing the ritual slaughter is to have it uh, doing by proxy. Someone can Zoom doing it and show it to the family that the work has actually been done. Um, so all these modalities can be used. And the message we're trying to get across is that it's not the religion, whether it's Islam or whether it's Christianity or Judaism or Hinduism. It's not the religion uh, that is being warned against. It is the gatherings associated with it. So Muslims, for example, can still pray at home. There's uh, options like that where a family can uh, do their compulsory prayers without having to go to mosque, for example. Um, even if the mosques are open, the message is not that people should not be going to mosque and then go to a, a, a mall where there's many more people in a small confined space. No, the message would be if a mosque is open, for example, is to make sure that you mask, that there's good ventilation, that the, uh, the, the sermons are kept as short as possible, and that people don't interact with each other and keep a distance between them. And the same would be for people going to a church. It's not to uh, have singing activities because that spreads the virus, Listen to the sermon, keep the sermon as short as possible, make sure there's good ventilation, no close physical contact between people, and as soon as everything is over, for people to not congregate, but to leave as, uh, as soon as possible. This podcast is not aimed at stigmatizing any group of people or religion. On the contrary, it is aimed at highlighting the dangers of gatherings and how people breaking COVID protocols often contribute to the problem. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Pasha, produced by Ozeir Patel. From me, Nandobe Gomjali, it's bye for now.